0: Welcome to Splatterbrains podcast. We're here to talk to you about all things horror and horror adjacent. My name is Karen and I'm going to talk about horror. Alex, are you going to talk about horror?
1: I am considering it. Give me five minutes.
2: Great. Well Alex is thinking about it, I'm Nikki and I'm going to be talking about horror. Might talk about Real Housewives, but mostly I'll talk about horror. Brad, what are you going to do? I'll
3: probably talk about horror as well, since everyone's talking about that. I don't want to be the odd man out talking about chess. I don't know. But yeah, since we're talking about horror, what do you, what, what got you guys into horror? What, where do you come from? What's your horror home plate? What, where'd you start off with horror in your lives? Anyone jump in?
2: Brad, I'm going to kick it off because I've been noodling on this today because I knew we were going to talk about this today. And I was thinking there's like two realms of getting into horror. You're a kid, you're watching Goosebumps, you're watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? You're watching Nightmare Before Christmas, or you know, you're watching uh Oh my god, what's someone with the Skeksis, the dark crystal, etc. But then there's the other child, maybe the same child, who is uh in the living room while their mom is watching The Exorcist and you're in third grade. So you've got like really into horror. So spoiler alert, that child is me in those two instances. But it's hard to say whether it's the made-for-children horror, or the sitting in on my mom watching Halloween, The Exorcist, all the classics that got me into horror. So curious on everyone else's origin story.
3: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I was thinking about this earlier. It's like, do I start with Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or do I go with more like adult-themed horror? Um, I'm going to skip the Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I think that's a through line with a lot of people in our sort of collective generation. But I think that my sort of introduction was Halloween. My dad was always a huge and Halloween the movie, I guess the ho- the holiday as well. My dad was always a huge Halloween fan. I remember watching uh Halloween when I was really really young with him and I even have a memory of like him on a business trip and me home alone with my mom on like a rainy weekend, must've been October or so, because they were doing a marathon of all the Halloween movies. And I was just like glued to the TV like all weekend just watching people get like butchered and stabbed and all kinds of stuff and then like with the the holiday my dad used to go all out with it he used to get like make dummies and get masks and like all kinds of stuff like people used to steal our stuff so we have to have stakeouts but uh by far he loved being a michael myers more than anyone and i think when he bought the mask for the first time he like called me out into the garage and i had no idea what was going on and the garage was pitch black i turned the light on and michael myers is standing there and i run away like screaming like holy shit my It's Michael Myers in my garage. And I go and I hide behind his lazy boy. And I'm sitting there, like, crouched down. And I see Michael Myers come around the corner. And I'm freaking the fuck out. And he takes a mask off. And it's my dad. It's like, oh, Michael Myers is my dad. He's not scary. So I feel like that was, like, my big, like, introduction into,
1: like, the horror genre and everything from there. if I found out that my dad was a murderer, I wouldn't be that surprised. But I'd still be scared. Like that wouldn't be like the relief that you expressed in that story. I grew up in a religious household, which factors in heavily into this because I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of things. And so the things that really scared me as a kid and made me realize that I was attracted to horror were stuff that a lot of us see as children. They would be it's for sure Jaws, just still one of my favorite movies. And the first Gremlins movie scared the bejesus out of me. And I remember revisiting that movie last year and thinking it's probably more of like a goofy comedy and uh, I won't be as creeped out. I mean, I guess I'm not as creeped out by it, but that movie is dark as hell. From there, it was just me sneaking around watching stuff on TV I shouldn't be watching because my parents knew that if anything even remotely scared me, whether it's the clown in The Brave Little Toaster or if it's something on TV that I shouldn't have been watching. I would end up like having nightmares or like, you know, knocking on their door and be like, can I sleep in here tonight? Which happened a lot. And, uh, but the thing that actually made me fall in love with the genre was Monster Vision with uh, Joe Bob Briggs and watching Return of the Living Dead for the first time. I had never seen a zombie movie. I'd never sat through a whole like horror film proper until that moment. Obviously it was on TV. So it was a little bit softened. And I also had this weird redneck telling me facts about it the whole time. And that is my origin story gremlins scared
3: the shit out of me when i was a kid i don't think i saw the first all the way through but i saw bits of the second where they like dragged a guy under the clothes rack and like there was a silhouette of a gremlin with a chainsaw i was convinced that if i went into my parents closet i'd get dragged under the under the clothes and chainsawed. so that's just me
0: i might be the only one who's seen this because of the smell maybe not i mean have any of you seen monster squad from like the late eighties, I didn't, 80s. I didn't yeah. see it until I was yeah. like
1: oh, yeah. nineteen years old, and they they put it out on DVD oh, okay. which was years I, and years and years after the fact. So,
0: I saw it last year for first time. Okay, so it wasn't something you guys watched as kids? No, no. Okay, I, I was like, I was like, I feel like I might be the only one who actually watched that as a child. Um, and that was like a that was the first time monsters weren't scary for me as a kid. But I, from a horror an origin perspective i this is gonna it's actually i could have said goosebumps because i read all of them i mean i had the first 50 of of this entire series which i donated to a school at some point in my adulthood and uh i graduated to the fear street after that but also like my dad and sneaking downstairs and seeing and watching my dad's a huge horror fan so uh I, sneaking downstairs and seeing things I probably shouldn't. He, my dad will relay this story all the time about how I was probably six years old and we were on a family vacation in a hotel somewhere and it was pretty late at night. My dad thought he was the only one awake and he had turned on tales from the crypt. I was also still awake and I loved horror. I was very much into horror at this point, and again, very small child. And uh we made I made it through almost the entire episode without him knowing I was awake. But it was at the very end when something scary happened that I made a gasp, like, clearly in response to what was happening on the screen. And my dad looks over and just goes, You shouldn't be awake now! Um, and felt responsible for having uh, uh, given me had me privy to something i probably shouldn't have been at such a young age but little did he know i had friends who uh whose parents were far less responsible than him and let us watch rated like salem's lot i think it was one of them uh chucky for sure i saw chucky way too young chucky scared the hell out of me as a kid because i was i probably six or seven when i saw chucky and was like no this thing is terrifying but back to my origin story because that was a tangent what really honestly got me into horror was Unsolved Mysteries, like the original Unsolved Mysteries. We watched it as a family when I was a kid and just the sound of the theme song would give me anxiety. I was terrified at the same time, absolutely fascinated. And my favorite episodes were the ones about the ghosts and less about the the murder. Cause that is that legitimately, I was terrified of being abducted as a child, probably because I was almost abducted as a child. Um, Another story for another day. <laughs> but Unsolved Mysteries, that's mine. My, that would be my origin. Original Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries.
2: Is the abduction story a story for another day or is it a story for right now?
0: Do you want to hear my how I was almost abducted as a child? I mean, do you want to tell it?
2: <laughs> or is it true? <laughs>
0: oh, no, I don't have any problem
2: I telling like, it. Right, I'm right, like now. basically asking you to potentially re- relive trauma. Mm-hmm. For our but uh, if you're willing, I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I have no problem telling it. So I was 10 years old when it happened. We had been, my parent, my family had moved to the house my parents still currently live in, but we had just moved into that house just over, just over a year prior. And so, you know, I was still making friends. I was in fifth grade. It's my first full year as a student in this new school. And it was somewhere around Christmas time. Somewhere somewhere in late December, maybe even early January, but I was on Christmas break. Earlier in the fall, like maybe a month or two prior, a notice had gone out to all the families in the school about a man in a white car who was trying to lure children into his car by, I think, asking if they could help him find his lost puppy. You know, your standard kidnapper bullshit. So this notice went out and, you know, we were all like vigilant, but nothing ever came of it. And one of my first friends and one of my good friends at the time, uh, she lived maybe two blocks away from me. So where my parents live in a subdivision, their house is second in from the corner of the main street when you come into the subdivision. So they're on the first street, second house in. And my friend lived in the third straight up which was a cul-de-sac right on the corner so we both lived basically right off the main road of our subdivision so we'd go and hang out at each other's houses I know this was winter time because we had spent the day in her cul-de-sac building a snow fort in the giant mound of snow that they pile up in there um when they plow the roads and uh, the rule in my house at the time this was 1995 so it was you gotta be home by dark and that was it And so it was starting to get dark, and because it's so late in the year, dark is roughly four o'clock in the afternoon, and I was pissed, because we still had more work to do on several of the rooms in our snow fort, that I now had to wait until tomorrow. So I started walking home, and I am coming up to my neighbor's house. So neighbor is the one that lives on the corner, my parents are right next to them. So they have an entire side yard, they have a giant Rottweiler dog named Bear, who I was Absolutely terrified of because bear was bigger than the fence that was supposed to keep him back, and he was not friendly to strangers. So I was always very scared to pass their house. And as I was walking up to their fence line, you could hear a car kind of crunching up behind me, in like the salt and gravel and stuff on the road. I didn't really think anything of it because I'm super folk, like laser focused on my neighbor's house and the fucking dog. All of a sudden, I hear the jingling of the dog's collar, and I just froze because I was like, oh, shit, the dog's out. I'm going to get attacked. I was absolutely terrified, and then I hear a car actively pull up right next to me, and I now am not thinking about the dog, and I turn, and it's just some white, full-tinted windows, and the window starts to roll down, and and I hear some guy just yelling, hey, come here for a second. As that's happening, the dog is now at the fence, up on the fence, like, barking dramatically at me. Now I can hear a car door click, and I'm, like, frozen solid. What do I do? And then, by the sweet grace of God, I hear my next-door neighbor yell out at the dog, Bear, get down. Leave her alone. Car next to me fucking speeds off at the sound of this man's voice and just out of the subdivision. I never see this car again. I look up and it turns out that my neighbor, who I hadn't noticed, and clearly the guy hadn't noticed, was up on a ladder on the side of his house taking down Christmas lights. So no one actually saw him. And if he had not yelled at the dog, I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you guys today. Uh, and you know, I just kind of walked home in shock. My neighbor asked me if I was okay. And I just kind of grunted. I mean, I didn't really know how to respond because I wasn't, but I was 10 and I didn't know how to actually say that. So she basically was just like, why don't you get home now? (laughs) I did. I just walked the two extra minutes home and walked inside. I don't think I even ever told my parents this happened. I mean, I was like in shock. I had no, like, but I don't know, but I will say, Uh, I never took the main road home from my friend's house after that. I always just walked through people's backyards, not giving oh shit if anybody yelled at me about it, because I was way too scared to be on the main road after that. But yeah, that's how I was almost abducted when I was 10 years old.
3: That is truly
2: horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Karen's origin story to being into horror. (laughs) Okay, also, I feel like I can say this because like, you're okay, thank God, and you got away. But the whole time I was thinking of like, Silence of the Lambs, if there had just been a neighbor watching before she went and helped Buffalo Bill like load that couch into the truck, yep. we wouldn't have the movie and she would have been okay. She was okay, but yep. holy shit. Yeah, the we
1: 90s man. It. it was
0: a wild if time. That was
1: a documentary about Buffalo Bill. Like if she hadn't gotten into that car. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have that damn movie.
0: Do you all know who Buffalo Bill's origin story is? Like, who that character is based on. I
1: assume everybody with skin stuff is Ed Gein, but I don't actually know. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. No. Nope, spot on. Yeah, Ed Gein was the origin for Buffalo Bill, for sure. That's who, it's who the character is based on.
3: Whenever I'm in a car with my mother-in-law, we drive past, like, I dilapidated a house, she'll go, ooh, Eddie Gein house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, the funny thing, too, about... um. Not the trauma story, but before that, when we were talking about like the different movies and stuff that got us into horror, that's good. Well, yeah, that's a little uh, scarring blip, but it sounds like all of us have these kind of roots with um, our, not necessarily our relationships with our parents, but like our parents involved in some sort of way where it's either you know you watched horror maybe as an act of rebellion as a kid because you weren't allowed to, or you came from a strict house or it was something that was embraced by your parents. So therefore you kind of grew up into it. So that's kind of an interesting um, dichotomy,
1: if you will. Total opposite. It was For me, I think it was a curiosity because uh, just like video store covers scared me, but I had to go look at them. It was just like, there was this weird attraction to it even though I felt not so good. Like looking at, there's so many movies I've seen since then That their artwork is much better than the movies. I mean, I'm sure that's uh, most movies, but yeah, video store sections. I'll just never forget. That's one thing I miss about physical media is that it was one specific piece of art rather than Netflix deciding I like the guy in the movie. So they're going to give me a little thumbnail with the guy in the movie instead of other characters and shit like that.
3: My video store growing up had the horror section in a small little room right next to the kids section. So I'd stand there and just stare at the Transformers VHS tapes until my dad walked away. Then I'd go and sneak over into the horror section and like I would to slowly like move the like the beads out of the way. Like I was thinking into like a porno room or something, but they slowly like slither through the beads so they didn't make a sound. And I would just look at all the box tapes. The only one I remember is just Hellraiser. And Pinhead always like terrified me when I was a kid. But yeah, apart from Halloween, I don't think I really watched a ton of like adult horror movies until I got older. I definitely was it's, like super into, like obviously, like we said, Goosebumps. But I really liked, like this is laughable, the Disney Channel, like Halloween movies they always did yeah. and stuff like that. Halloween like, Town. Phantom, yeah. There was one Phantom of the Megaplex where it was like yeah. Mysterious <laughs> Phantom in the movie theater. I, I was all about those. But I went to a friend's house and his parents like gave no shit about what we watched. Like, I remember we watched um, Ghosts of Mars, which I always just have a memory of being like a really, really shitty movie. I realized the other day as John Carpenter. I was looking it up. I was like, this is weird. Do I have to rewatch you this don't. now? not It's rough. Won't. That yeah. and
1: Vampires are not worth a revisit. <laughs> you know what? I shouldn't say that. All movies are worth a revisit if you've got fond memories attached. But uh, Ghosts of Mars is a tough watch. Yeah,
3: I just remember we, my friend and I. We always mocked this scene where it was like a ghost, a Martian ghost or something. I don't know the premise. I forget. But he was like throwing like saw blades at like a woman, like main character, and she like dodged two, like just with her neck, like ah ah, and then she like dodged the two and was laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And then a the third one came and cut her hat off. We always like did that as kids. It was so
1: fucking. Stupid. No, that actually sounds awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I like the. Uh... I, was that you think that was around the same time as The Matrix? I'm sure it was. Everybody had to dodge something for a while. Right, look it up right now.
0: I just want to know. And we're really long time shirts.
2: Another like weird horror thing that I feel like I had to have been five or six, and my family and close friends know this kind of weird tidbit. And I don't really know why I started doing this, but I would um so I have one older brother and you know we would play sometimes, but mostly kind of do our own thing. So I kind of entertained myself. I would ride my tricycle up and down our front porch and I would pretend I was like hosting like a horror show kind of Tales of the Crypt-esque and I like had this song that I made up that was like the theme of the horror show and it was like just the same lyrics over and over that I would sing to myself riding up and down this porch. So I feel like um, I just have evil maybe built into my brain as well.
1: Somebody is on another podcast talking about it? their origin story, and you they just walk by your house while that was happening. There was just no, a little girl I was walking up and down it. her porch singing the same line over and over and over again. Boy, are you going to sing it? Our podcast needs that. Yeah, a...
2: absolutely. Hold on. Let me <clears throat> get my pitch pipe. All right. Um, it just goes, wherever you step, wherever I step, wherever I step, wherever you step, over and over and over and over until...
0: You know, I that's, that's that by terrifying the Just a small child on a call doing that. Yeah, that'd be my origin story for sure. Hands down.
1: Ever tell you about the time I almost got murdered by a six-year-old girl? Yeah. Yes, yeah. no.
0: Well, no, I didn't say it. I was saying yes so I want to hear oh, the story. story. I, I was, story. Just I was just it, it was I'm me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Did I ever
2: apologize to you for that, Alex?
1: Yeah, no, no, it's okay. No. I moved. That's the
2: time. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about it.
1: I forgive you.
3: Yes, I have a, a Ghost of Mars update for our uh, segment called Ghost of Mars Watch. I wish we had a siren we could play right now, but uh, Ghost of Mars came out two thousand one. The Matrix was ninety nine, oh, yeah. so yeah, it was right in the dodge
1: shit era. I mean, I'm I'm it's maybe not directly related, but I just assume everything went there was dodging. After, what I, I think of idle hands when I think of somebody's getting hit in the the neck with a saw blade, though. Yeah. So it's just.
0: I love that movie. I do too. It's and so it, stupid and I fucking I think love everybody it. Everybody
1: in that movie hates it and I love it. It's yeah. a, it's a rough yep. uh I guess it's a rough movie to have been in, but uh, I know so many people that like that movie, including me. I mean I'm is
2: it? I feel like it's a cult sorry. classic though. I can I don't I can't imagine that Jessica Alba would like love if someone brought it up in an interview, but because it has that cult classic status to it. I feel like it uh, maybe is a notch above complete trash. Am I wrong?
0: No, I think you're right. Devin Sawa oh. like, still makes fun of that movie in, in good ways though. And like he hits on, you know, it's it's goofing on himself, but.
3: I was a big fan of uh, his other movie of yeah. the time. Well, he had a few, <laughs> but there was one uh, Disney one called Wild America, and I was like, yes! him and his brothers went around filming Wilderness. I wanted to do that when I grew yeah, up. It's based on an actual TV show,
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm. It Wild is, America.
1: Yeah. We watched it a lot. I think it was PBS, no wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was
0: PBS, yeah, because I watched I a it a lot, too. As a
1: kid.
3: I loved it. I had the soundtrack as a kid. What was a lot of 60s rock. Uh, Magic Carpet Ride is the only one I can think of right now.
2: I was just gonna say I'm fascinated that Brad is like, oh yeah, another horror Devin Sawa movie, and it wasn't Final Destination.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't Final Destination, it no, was Wild
2: Final
1: America. It wasn't really horror. <laughs> <laughs> it it was, really movie, like, horror oh movie. man, and there was this other movie, like another one of my favorites in the horror genre, Tom and Hook. It was crazy. The horror of
0: yeah, like, the horror of Jonathan Taylor Thomas's young acting career. Not, it wasn't horrifying for me. I was in love with that man as a child. Well, he was also right. a child, too, so it wasn't weird.
3: I've got an update for our segment, uh, Wild America Soundtrack okay. Watch. Uh, there are two versions of Born to be Wild on it. so
1: Thank God. Yeah. Take that.
0: One was definitely not going to no. be enough, for sure. It, no, no, it no wasn't worries.
1: Disney. It was Warner Brothers. Do you want to hit back on your CD player or hit repeat? No. You just want to let it play. it's good
2: who's the other version by just out of curiosity
1: one's by steppenwolf
3: and one's by mars bonfire that's a band that went places they were on the wild america
1: soundtrack
2: (laughs) (laughs) well Steppenwolf Uh, actually i do uh, have a movie
1: and then they founded that theater and then he attacked justice league
0: yep all of this is accurate canon Mm -hmm. i do have
3: another kids movie that is sort of um Horror adjacent?
1: Did any of you see small soldiers? Yeah, of course we did.
2: <gasps> yes.
1: And, yeah. And the massive ad campaign that, that was everywhere. You can't handle the rodeo burger.
2: Yep.
3: I don't remember that at all. But I also had the soundtrack, and I remember it was like five or six covers of uh, "Another One Bites the Dust" by Queen, and that was the entire. What? Small soldiers sound That can't yep. be accurate. That's the CDA. I'm, I'm not had. saying
1: it isn't accurate, uh, but it can't be.
2: That's the thing I've ever heard. I will say so small soldiers, gremlins, there's really a theme mm-hmm. of kind of the 90s um, and even like Toy Story. And um, Alex, your personal favorite, uh, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, of Oof. just little things attacking big things. You know, like the little creature, or like ghoulies. That was my um, VHS cover at the video store that always creeped me out. But that subgenre of like little creatures kind of attacking humans, that was like a really big theme for, I think, our generation. Yep.
0: That's very true. I will say, going back to the origin part, I, Brad, your comment the other day actually reminded me of this and how because you had never seen Psycho. And, like, the original Alfred Hitchcock. And that reminded me of my dad, actually, when I was, quote, old enough. I think, I I feel like I was probably, like, 11 or 12. So I was in middle school at this point. Um, But for Halloween one year, we rented. uh, He explicitly rented the original version of Psycho. And we watched it because he wanted me to see what a good horror movie looked like. Because I was, you know, going into, I was watching, like, your... Well, you know, to my father, the shitty shitty horror movies like Salem's Lot and Children of the Corn and stuff. uh, Which, in fairness, he wasn't wrong. Have you watched Children of the Corn recently? Yes. Yeah, it's great. Don't even try.
1: Nope. Will not. I do not accept this narrative that you're trying to. This is misinformation. (laughs) I want our whole audience to just ignore what Karen is saying right now because she
0: is an outlander. So, anyway. Oh, it was enjoyable from a nostalgic perspective but anyways um so he was like you have to we're I'm going to you're going to sit and watch this really probably one of the best if not the best horror films ever and we watched that and we watched Night of the Living Dead the original Romero's Night of the Living Dead and for me that was a moment when it came as far as horror movies are concerned that horror movies can be good they can be films you know they they can have more than just the gore and the jump scares that they can have like real deep meaning behind them and that was that was a first for me and i owe that all to my dad who was just like all right little girl we're gonna you're gonna learn horror if you're gonna gonna be into this you're gonna learn it you're gonna learn right i can't appreciate that enough because i do i have it's why i have such a high standard for horror movies now as an adult and i i I can't go back but you're, yeah,
1: you're in more exploitive kind of nonsense too.
0: I do. Yeah, I love them both for very different reasons. But when it comes to like my favorite horror movies, it it is like Psycho and uh, Silence of the Lambs and the more and like The Exorcist, like the more auteur type films. But don't get me wrong, Pacific Rim is the be all end all when it comes to robots fighting giant monsters forever. And my dad gives me a lot of heat for it. Like, a lot of heat for it. Also, I've made that man watch that movie countless times. Because I would just go into his house, and if it was on HBO, it would just be on in the background whenever I'd go visit them. There so for months. He would see, like, the <laughs> movie in, like, chunks. And he finally was like, we're not watching Pacific Rim anymore. I will not watch this film with you. Stop putting it on the TV. My dad
3: had a Bates Motel, uh, like, a sign for our house for Halloween. And I remember the day we bought it. We were at the mall. Shout out to uh, Gray Mills. I worked um, there. I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> and we went into like a scared Halloween and bought the base motel sign. I remember in the parking lot. I was a very chatty kid. We just like walked by some woman who was also like loading her car. I said, We got a scary sign. And she's like, uh, what? Huh? I'm like, we got a scary sign today. And she's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. It has like worms and bugs and spiders all over it. It's pretty scary. She's like, Oh, okay. And she like, got in her car and left. And my dad looks at me and goes, don't talk to strangers. And so then we, we go home and we open up the sign. And I was very disappointed as like a five, six, seven-year-old kid to see that there were no bugs and spiders all over it. It was just a sign that said Bates Motel. No vacancy. And the no flickered in and out.
0: Dude, I'm scared to an adult about it. That's, that sounds dope as it hell, though. Awesome. I want that for my I house. don't think I
1: realized Spirit Halloween has been around that long.
0: Forever. I had friends in high school that worked at the Spirit in that Gurney, gurney Mills. I got discounted probably sold
3: a little boy a disappointing sign.
2: You know, that's actually another good thing I didn't think of. So my, I mean, I think you guys all know my mom is super into horror, which is kind of why I'm into it. But my grandma, she loves real life horror. Like, she would try to scare the shit out of us as kids. She would sneak up behind us and just be like, Wah! And my brother notoriously one time was like, don't do that. And she would take us to the spirit Halloween store. And there was always like this, um, I don't know, this creature that was sitting in an electric chair. And it was one of those motion censored. And he would just say really insane things when you'd walk by. But there was uh, one time we were there as kids. And I was in an aisle playing with the plastic toy. I was kind of on my own which is already horrific in itself, like when you lose your parents in a grocery store, but in a spirit Halloween store. And this person, I don't know if it was my grandma, I still don't know to this day, or if it was an employee, was wearing this big Cyclops mask and just walks toward me down the aisle, doesn't say a word. I just look at the thing, I drop whatever I was holding, and it just shatters on the ground. And I just walk and find whoever else like my brother or my cousins and i don't tell anyone And <laughs> it's one of the most traumatic experiences i'm actually not convinced it wasn't my grandma
1: <laughs> but I, I did see that person leaving in a big white car with tinted windows though which was weird
2: very yeah. well
1: i really thought about whether or not i should make that a joke i was like you know you might as well turn yourself into it's the heel immediately so <laughs> And then grandma took Karen. us home, gave us cake, and we all watched Faces of Death as a family. It was great. great. Yeah.
2: Karen will let us know when we've crossed the line with the jokes. I feel like you're okay, so it's okay,
0: right? The line is, the line is pretty far back. Like, you're good.
1: Cool. We'll just keep trudging toward it slowly.
0: I have a, a 2 time podcast. Like, it. Like it's tough to eke me out about who true life. I am uh, at this I point. Am. I mean, I, that could
1: be a whole other episode, just me responding to how much I like fantasy horror. But when it comes to real life, I'm just like, you know, not for me. I, I watched, um, what was the series based on...
0: Oh, the I'll Be Dawn Gone in the dark.
1: dark. I watched the TV series mm-hmm. of it. And just the stories of people waking up sitting above their bed, like, that was real and i like as an adult male who has every privilege in the world to not have to be scared of anything it was terrifying and it sucked i was like i don't feel good watching this that's like the last time i remember being like truly scared watching something was just watching the series because you're 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 listening to horrible stories like that and then somebody spiraling out of control because all she's doing is reading horrible stories like that and you're like what a bummer
0: yeah it's a bummer
1: Uh, so that that was the
3: scariest book I'd ever read. I I mean, for that exact same reason. Like I don't know. Just the idea of somebody just like standing in my closet, just like while I'm getting ready to go to sleep, and then I wake up in the middle of the night and they're standing above me, like, guess what? It's go time. Or whatever, you know, killers and murderers say. But yeah, that was not for me.
0: There this it's funny you both bring this up because I actually had this conversation with my hairstylist when I was getting my hair color the last time because my hairstylist, she's super into true crime, but she hates horror. Like she's not like horror movies whatsoever and not into horror whatsoever, but we'll get down on a true crime documentary every night of the week type of a thing. And I was explaining to her that I feel like horror is a safe way for people to approach their deep fears. And I think that's a big reason why I've kind of fell in love with it. I was a really scared child. Like, I've I've had anxiety I probably since the day I was fucking born. Um, I had not a snowball's chance in hell. It's genetic in both sides of my family. <laughs> and both my parents are very high-strung, anxious people. Not a chance in hell. If it wasn't going to be genetic, it was for sure going to be environmental. So I had a lot of anxiety and fear as a kid. And horror allowed me a safe place to deal with it. True crime. And I'll be honest. I did not get into true crime until I was much older. And I think a big reason for that is because of, of the trauma of my childhood and having nearly been abducted. Um, and, and you know, like when it's that close, it's terrifying. But as I got older, the best way I have found that I can face my fears is by getting to know them as intimately as I possibly can. So it's why I love the weather. And I consider myself an amateur you know, meteorologist. I was terrified of tornadoes. Twister scared the shit out of me as a kid. I decided to learn everything I needed to learn about how tornadoes worked and how the weather worked and what the weather was and kind of turn it in. And horror was that place for me to to really be okay with the fear and then I became fascinated by it, and thus, like, ju- like very heavily jumped into the true crime bandwagon pretty early on, at probably my teenage years, I'd say. Uh, Kirk Cobain's death—I was fourteen. Kirk Cobain's death was, I think, the first real true crime that I that got me into it. But we're not talking about horror, 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 horror origins, not true crime origins. But um, I think, that but you both bring up a good point where a lot of there's there you would think that there is a lot of crossover between true crime and horror and there technically is but horror uh, it gives you a safe place to like see it and feel it and deal with it whereas true crime is not it's it's the real deal it's uh, you got to be ready for it and i think that's what i love so much about horror is it's for being such the scary genre it is honestly like the safest place for you to be scared
2: great point because uh one of my good friends who I used to live with she is adamantly against anything scary or adjacent to horror but will watch true crime whatever I remember one time she walked into the living room when I was watching The Sixth Sense and um she's like oh what's this and I basically got her to believe for 15 or 20 minutes that it was a family drama I was like oh it's about this kid and his relationship with uh his psychologist etc But it's funny because I think there is this um, conflated idea that horror is you must like blood, you're into being scared, etc. I, in real life, if I get a paper cut, freak out. I'm not into blood. I freak out with any sort of medical situation. I don't like, um, Alex, like you were saying, kind of real life horror. We've talked about uh, this group going to haunted houses and how that actually scares the shit out of me but watching a horror movie doesn't
1: get started. yeah,
2: And, and so like, there's kind of that conflation where people assume if you're into horror, you're into being scared or you can handle blood or you're into just like actual real life horror. But there is kind of this, like you said, a safe space where you can see these things play out that are very separate from reality and are so fantastical because of just kind of the whimsical nature of the, Creatures or the monsters or the situation that it is that safe space. So that's interesting to kind of dissect is um being scared and being, you know, in, into, not, no one's into blood per se or gore or being okay seeing that is so different than horror. It's not all the same thing.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. I think that for a lot of horror, like even though it scares me, like at the end of the movie, I was like, all right, there are no crazy zombie. Mutant lizard axe hand people walking around, I'm fine. Uh, I don't have to be worried. But when I was reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark, like, it was just a guy that liked to sneak into people's houses and sit and watch them until they went to sleep and then did horrible things to them. So, yeah, I think there is like a sort of escape and there is sort of a barrier between you and what is going on in the movie. No matter how, like, kind of realistic a depiction it is, you're still like, it's a work of fiction. But true
1: crime, obviously, is true.
2: And crime, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Well. Decided to call ourselves Splatterbrains because the thing that interests us about the genre is that we all have uh, varying tastes in it. And it's not as simple as we like horror. It also means that we like all of the obscure and strange and cult movies. Our mission here at Splatterbrains is to just pose a question and see where it takes us. And that's what's interesting to us more than reviewing movies, more than just talking about the quality of things. I'm sure it will come up a lot, but that is not our intention. I am here to celebrate the thing that I like, along with all of my cohorts here. We're all here for the same reason. We all met each other because we all have this thing in common. Anybody else have anything they want to say about that?
2: We like spooky shit. There you go. We like spooky shit.
3: Yeah, I know. It was just great to talk with you all and kind of go from where you started on a weird tangential journey through child abductions and child sing-alongs on tricycles. I to, think it's important that to we hear. mention the Small so, Soldiers soundtrack again. Karen. Carry on.
0: Yes, I, I do think that is important as well.
3: Alex was uh, citing me during like,
0: you're yeah, right, it's I, all
1: just... I looked up the soundtrack, no. and there is a whole soundtrack, which, by the way, starts with Bone thugs and harmony and Henry Rollins covering war. Uh, and I have to listen to that after this. And I, I might even leave this in so that other people are inspired to do so. But I think but need you
2: need to. Really, I need you, to you listen had
1: this, really? You had the uh, Wycliffe Jean remix single, and it's four or five different versions of Wycliffe Jean and whoever else covering Another One Bites the Dust. And there's a whole segment on the Queen Wikipedia page for the Another One Bites the Dust single for the Small Soldiers single remix album. What a terrible mark on Queen's legacy. It was
0: a... Yeah, that needs to be removed. It was a hell... No, what? I was just going to say, that just need, it needs to be removed from Wikipedia. Compet- there is no need. Stop besmirching the good name of Freddie Mercury. How no dare boy. you? Oh, boy.
3: I was just going to say, that was a hell of a Christmas that year. But, uh... Karen, how about you... Well,
0: you have been listening to uh, Spider Brains, the podcast... We've invited you into our little slice of hell, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
1: Bye.